Hey, it's Dr. Michael Rich, the pediatrician. I'm a practicing pediatrician, a child health researcher, and a lifelong filmmaker who understands how powerfully screens engage and change us. As a doctor who takes care of kids every day, I understand how they struggle with the screens in their world, from the smartphones in their pockets to the televisions and computers that surround them. And I also understand the concern that parents have that the media kids use and how they use them may be affecting their physical, mental, and social health. So I'm trying to bring together these two worlds to understand with you and for you how to raise healthy, happy, productive children in a world filled with digital screens. Mediatrics educator Christelle Lavalle joins me here each week to address your questions. Yes, I do. Thank you, Michael. This question was sent to us in the middle of some summer fun from Adam, a dad in the United States. Adam writes, my five-year-old son's summer camp is studying the Olympics, a topic he is very interested in. We've been seeing many billboards and TV commercials with athletes promoting Coca-Cola. The first time he saw one, he literally said, oh, if I drink Coca-Cola, then I can be a great boxer too. Of course, I was disturbed by his reaction and started to talk with him about advertisements. We'd love some advice on how to explain advertisements to young children. So, Adam, thank you for this question. I actually think it's a great question because we all fall prey to ads at one time and another. And, Michael, before we get started, I just want to share this, this anecdote that this question brought to my mind. When I was in middle school, one of my classmates made himself sick off of the sports drink Gatorade. I don't know if you remember, Michael, but they used to have these commercials where you'd see the athlete, and usually it was a basketball player, and he'd be pounding the Gatorade, and then they would sweat out the colors, right? So Gatorade is in that neon orange and green, and they'd be drinking so much of it, and they'd be performing so well, and they'd be sweating it out. And my classmate thought that if he drank enough Gatorade, he would sweat lime green. So he drank it, he oversaturated himself, he made himself sick, and Needless to say, he had to go to the nurse. He didn't play that great. Um, and his mom then later on had to have a conversation with him about advertisements too. So what can we say to Adam to help him out here? Well, Adam's question reflects the unfortunate fact that even the Olympics, the amateur competition, have become increasingly commercialized, not only because they are capturing an estimated 4 billion viewers, <laughs> half of the world's population. That's a lot. But because the Olympics themselves, the Olympics athletes themselves, often need the resources with which to prepare and get to the games. And only the big corporations have that. So, subsequently, many athletes accept endorsements or support from companies that require that they integrate recognizable brands in their gear or perform in commercials, like the boxer drinking an iconic American soft drink that I won't rename here. <laughs> Thank you. And I have to say that unlike other TV shows that we might be able to get commercial-free through streaming services, which is the only thing I watch now, the Olympics and sports in general still have ads, even when you stream. There's no getting around it. You know, every time I watch a game, there's an ad. And, yeah, the advertisers know when they've got an active, engaged audience for these programs, audiences that won't step away for fear they'll miss something important. Um, so sports and other live events are great for advertising, what Adam is facing when it comes to his five-year-old son is a critical problem for all children his son's age or younger, and a greater problem even than adults have, 
which is that kids under the age of six haven't yet developed the cognitive capacity to understand persuasive intent. What's that? Well, they see commercials with the same equivalency as what they see in the program material. So, for example, on early morning cartoons on Saturday, they think the nice people who created these great stories and cartoons for them are also cluing them into this wonderful sugar cereal or this wonderful toy as a favor to them. It's all (laughs) one and the same. So they don't understand that they're being persuaded to buy or more accurately to nag their parents to buy (laughs) those products. Gotcha. Um, So you and I still need some work always to recognize how silly it is to show an athlete guzzling a sugar and caffeine loaded beverage. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but Adam's son doesn't have that neurodevelopmental capacity to do that yet. Mm. His brain just isn't there. So he draws an immediate association between the athlete and the soda. Okay, so given where his son's brain is, uh, you know, at the five-year-old stage, what can Adam say to him about those athletes that he sees drinking sports drink and drinks and winning gold medals and all the matches? Well, Adam can talk to his son directly about the ads they see together. When they are watching ads, ask him why they caught his attention. Was it the colors, the music, the celebrity, the funny cartoon? And ask his son how the ad makes him feel. Does it make him feel happy, excited, or like he wants something he saw? Mm. Next, they can figure out who made that ad and what their intention was in making that ad. What are they selling? So even though he doesn't understand persuasive intent, his his father can kind of allow him to to understand it, you know, to kind of guide that learning. Right, exactly. And, you know, he'll need to do this again and again because— his, his son's neurodevelopment needs to catch up with it. Okay. But here's something that can really help, you know, by breaking these advertisements down together and really rethinking them through a critical mind, being critical viewers and critical thinkers, not only will it help him deal with commercials, but any information he receives. And it's not only understanding it, but it's understanding that all of that material is made by someone with an intent to make him behave somehow, Hmm. to manipulate him. And so Adam can harness his son's natural rebelliousness against being told what to do or how to do it and engage that with his critical thinking. I love that. So it really, you know, as you're saying this, it sounds like Adam will be laying the groundwork for his son to develop some of those wonderful media literacy skills. Absolutely. And by engaging his son early in scrutinizing ads, Adam is actually setting his son up for success in thinking critically about all the media messages he sees in the future. And I'm a good ads, start. Uh, ads are by nature of being very short and very pointed in their intention to make you do something um, are much easier to break down than, for example, program material, Hmm. um, which also makes you want to do something. So Gone with the Wind makes you want to cry, makes you want (laughs) to laugh. You know, we, we seek out media for the ways that they change us and the ways that we can share that experience. So, With commercials, he can teach him to deconstruct and critically think about all the media he sees. And here's an interesting thing that is now being done 
which is that brands are placing their brands in program material. Oh, I've seen that. Tell us more. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like exactly. I know all about this. So <laughs> Go on. Once his son has figured out in that 15-second commercial that drinking Gatorade is not going to make him sweat green, he can realize that when he sees a famous movie star who he would love to emulate pick up a cigarette and smoke it, he's able to break that down as well. And realize that and realize that smoking is not what makes you famous, but that someone put those two things together to manipulate him to thinking that. Mm. So, Adam, make sure that your end goal here is to have your son begin to assess on a case-by-case basis in every case of the media he consumes who is creating that message and how they want that message to change his behavior. Reaching for this goal will help your son acquire early media literacy skills that he can build on and reinforce throughout his life. And hopefully prevent him from oversaturating himself in Gatorade during those middle school years. Or with vaping in his high school years. He can only hope. So thank you, Adam, for your great question. Here's hoping that the rest of your son's summer camp and the Olympics are worthy of a gold medal. And for you, our beloved listeners, you can find more information on this and many other topics related to healthy media habits and all of the science behind them at askthemediatrician.org. You can also follow our very own mediatrician on Twitter at mediatrician and submit your own question at askthemediatrician.org. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us again and share and subscribe to this podcast. Enjoy your media and use them wisely and make sure you don't let them make you do things you wouldn't otherwise do. And enjoy your son and raise him to believe what you believe about the media. Ask the Mediatrician is hosted by Dr. Michael Rich. Joined by pediatrics educator Christelle Lavalle. Jill R. Cavanaugh is our Chief Knowledge Officer. Original music composed by Christopher Cerf. Podcast and music recorded, mixed, and edited at Saturn Sound Studios. Executive producer, Alicia Haywood. Haywood.